everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me, as always, are my good buddies, the Brothers of Destruction themselves, the Destroyers of Worlds. It's Nate and Willie. Hi, Nate. I'm Willie. Hi, Willie. I'm Nate. Cool. There you go. And this week, gentlemen, uh, we angled for the stars. We casted out into the dream works and got yanked down by a Tyrannosaurus, that, but it turned out to just be a Marlin. But first... And foremost, how are you guys doing this week? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just been another just another week, man. Don't have a lot to report, except for them having a lot of fun with my um, Sonic September on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? I think you mentioned it some last week, but how's, like, how's the stream been going? They've been doing good? Yeah, it's been good. I've been playing Sonic Adventure on stream, and it's just been a really good time. I've had a lot of people in there messing, joking around with me. It's been a really good time. Um, Probably going to finish up Sonic Adventure on the next stream and have to move on to the next game. Got to decide what that's going to be, but we'll figure it out. Hell yeah. Like, I sense a, a bit of mania. You might need to go like get that checked out. That's, that's... Yeah, very soon on that one for sure. <laughs> what about you, Willie? How are you feeling, man? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I've been um, kind of on that... I got to kind of cycle where I get obsessed with one thing for a bit and then, you know, move on to something else. And I'm back on chess for the last couple of weeks. So been kind of messing with that again and uh, having a lot of fun watching uh, YouTube videos by like Gotham Chess, uh, International Master Levy Roseman, um, Grandmaster Ben Feingold. And then, you know, there are a lot of people who do like comedy, like they're funny and play, they play chess, which is great. And a lot of chess players have been getting signed by esports organizations for their streams now, which I think is super cool. Like that's been becoming a huge thing uh, recently, like just because of the pandemic, because there's not being played in person. It's like it's a game people are streaming a lot yeah. and people are kind of coming to it from that angle. And like, I don't know, I think it's kind of neat that it's kind of become an esport, which I mean, it's a cool way to modernize it while keeping it traditional at the same time. Yeah, the cool thing about chess, too, is, like, there's been a lot of situations where, like, streamers of different types of video games have been getting into it. And, like, I think they had a tournament full of, like, Super Smash Bros. professional players playing a chess tournament with each other, which was really cool. Yeah, they've had a few cool uh, streamer tournaments. Um, Panda Global put on one that was all Smash Bros. players, and like that's awesome because they they did they are one of the people that were on the forefront of signing a chess player. They have a women's uh, women's Fide master Anna Kremling as uh, one of their players now. So that's you know that's pretty awesome. She was doing commentary on that, and it's kind of neat seeing you know melee and ultimate players that I've heard of before. You know mashing it up on the chessboard. Then there's uh, Pog Champs, which is a tournament Twitch runs with chess.com that has like streamers from like Overwatch and all the other big games. And then like other celebrities, like they had Hathor Bjornsson, the guy that played the Mountain Game nice. of Thrones. They had uh, Rain Wilson, who played Dwight from The Office. Uh, a few other like people like that. So it was, it was pretty I, I can't help. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed I can't this. help but wonder if the winners get a check. Uh, oh, that was painful. Uh, oh, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. That that joke that joke was pretty stale, mate. I, I will be here. Oh. I will be here all week. Tip the beef, try the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's uh let's kick this off by throwing out some Patreon shoutouts. Jeff, shout out to you, good buddy, and shout out to Aries or Adam. Aries or Aries or Adam. Like, I'm going to combine that into one word, and that's going to be his new nickname is Aries, Aries or Adam. Arby's? <laughs> um, and also, I uh, wanted to touch on a question that Aries actually asked in the Discord. Um, Baldur's Gate 2 is on our next long show poll, and it is uh, pulling ahead with flying colors. 
and he yeah i'll check the current numbers but it is quite the slaughter uh, it is currently up by a factor of 10 compared to eight combined votes for everything else put together <laughs> yeah <laughs> so which is split between three games pretty even there's so. a good possibility that that's going to be the next winner um but he did pose a question um since there is carryover that you can do with Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 um are we going to play Baldur's Gate 1 now by carryover do you mean you can like manually import your characters from game 1 into game 2 yes i do believe so at least your main character but I think you build huh. an entire party in Baldur's Gate, if I remember correctly. Or you build your main character and then find party members. I think it works either way. Okay. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I would definitely... If, if it's the kind of game that either has like story requirements from the last game, or if it has like gameplay that builds up from the previous game, like direct carryover like that, I think I'm in favor of just taking the first game so we can get the full experience out of both. Yeah. I, I'm down with that. I agree. And... Uh, with the exceptions of like ease and you know Final Fantasy, like most JRPG series, I would like to do that as well if there is story carryover. Um, yeah, but like for Dragon Quest, you don't have to play oh, yeah. Dragon Quest Ten to play Eleven. You know, in fact, no one's played Dragon Quest Ten in this That's country. That's just like yeah. um, Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth Two, basically retcons Rebirth One. Um, so Rebirth One's kind of like its own standalone thing, but Rebirth Two and Three, and then. Uh, v2 which is technically is a weird scheme thing for this but those three games are all interconnected okay so if we were to do that because the plot starts at one and keeps moving it'd make more sense to jump in at two in this case yeah yeah and if we pulled one it could just be a standalone thing um it wouldn't necessarily matter it, although one does a very good job at introducing you to the uh the characters and the humor of the game and the worldscape and yada 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 um so, yeah, we'll probably end up doing Baldur's Gate 1. Uh, sorry to anybody who really loves Baldur's Gate 2, but it, I think that it'll help us appreciate the games more. Like, if we can carry over characters that we have built uh, relationships with, you know, um, you've played it through an entire game as them, and then you can take those same characters and go play through another entire game as them. Like, I think that's cool, you know. That's why I've always thought it was interesting. Like, I really liked that in the Ease games, you're always playing as Adol. Even though they're separate stories, and it's like, but you're always on the adventures of Adol. So, like, you develop a love for that character. Does that make sense? Kind of like, for example, um, Nate with American Horror Story, how they use the same actors. It's like, they play different characters and stuff, but you really love those actors. Kind of the same premise. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Other little housekeeping things that I just had was I saw some footage from Vampire the Blood, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. And it is shaping up to look fucking good. They can, they can fucking postpone that game if they need to. Like, I don't care about delays. It's it's never really bothered me to, for a game to get delayed. I always look at that as, dude, they're fixing more shit. Let them delay it. Like, quit getting mad that the game's not gonna come out today. I want my game today. God damn it! I want that fucking game today. And it's like, give it time to breathe, because it's been it's been delayed a few times, and people are just like shitting all over it. And I'm like, dude. Do y'all remember how buggy the first Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines was? It needed fan patches to fix it, so that's just my little... I mean, when has rushing the developer ever ended well for the game in development? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, now we live in the day one patched era, but even then, like... I'm thinking in the past, like, Sonic 06, man. If they just put that game out in Sonic in 2008, maybe they made a video game then, you know? 
Yeah. Instead of making a garbage trash fire. But like we have games like Fallout 76, New, uh, No Man's Sky that were hugely lauded. Then they rushed to the release date. And then it took months for them to be playable in the state that they were promised. You yeah, know? Oh, it took years for No Man's Sky. But that game, that game, like I've said a million times, is the testament of don't rush shit. Because if you just let them do what they need to do, it will get better. It will be what they want. The, no, Look what happened to Cyberpunk, you know what I mean? Cyber... Mm. Yeah. And, I, and what's sad yeah. is I really enjoyed my time that I put into Cyberpunk. I haven't beat it, but I really do enjoy that game. But the wave of hate that it got was wild. It was wild. It was so broken on launch that it, I, it just cost my interest from yeah. it immediately. Like, I thought it was a neat idea, and then I saw what it shipped like, and I'm like, nah, yeah. I'm just going to take a miss on this. By the time they're done fixing it, I'll be listening to I will say, else. I didn't have any issues on PC. I can't speak. I know console, that was a whole fucking fiasco, but I, I didn't have many issues on PC at all. Personally, that's just that's just me. And I was using that card that you have, good sir, now. So <clears throat> it wasn't so bad. Uh, now, I definitely wouldn't run on Ultra or anything on that card. But um, And then uh, there's a motherfucking KOTOR remake coming out. And I was sad at first. I was sad at first because it was PlayStation 5 exclusive. Then the same day they announced that it was also coming out for PC. And I was like, yes, Master Race wins again. <laughs> because... It's like exclusives these days in the console wars just don't matter for PC because PC's probably going to get it regardless. Unless it's Nintendo. <laughs> Unless it's Nintendo. Or it's if Sony's just going to be a dick about it, like Spider-Man. I mean, it's I am not seeing any hard sales for the current next-gen consoles right now. There is nothing that makes me think I couldn't just get a PS4 and be fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like... Yeah, that's why I don't get why everybody's had to rush out and get these systems and the scalpers all bottom up and people are paying the scalpers ridiculous sums for these systems that don't have any games. FOMO. Yeah, it's what I mean, there's this cross there's all the main games like that anyone's interested in seem to be cross generation. So like I don't there's just not one killer app that'll make me buy. Like I, even your like Kotor would be exclusive. That that's nothing to me because it's a remake of a game that people have already played. Like I could just play the original game. I'm not going to be that heartbroken. Yeah. I mean unless it's like a FF7 remake type of remake. I don't really know what they're doing. No, they're like it's like when I was watching the uh, the Microsoft thing that they did a while back and they showed like Stalker 2 and uh they were teasing uh Starfield and all of these games that are like all these Bethesda and Stalker is not Bethesda, but all these games that were going to be Xbox exclusive. But at the bottom, it was like also coming to Microsoft Windows PC. It's like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Especially Stalker 2. I'm really looking forward to that game. Looks incredible. Microsoft's in a tricky spot with that, too, because obviously they want games to come to their operating system. It's hard for them to be exclusive and then cut themselves out of the deal, you yeah. know? That's why, like, yeah, I think almost all Microsoft exclusives end up coming to PC. Especially with now with Game Pass is available on PC. Yeah, Game Pass has been huge. I mean, I don't even have it yet, but I'm like completely blown away by all the shit people say they're playing through it. Yeah, I'm at the point where I don't see why I need to buy anything other than having my PC and have the most current Nintendo generation console. Yeah. And what's amazing to me is like with emulation, that fucking PC can play generations of video games. Like, all of yeah, them. Yeah, like, I'm, what are... <laughs> What are, what are we up to? Is PS3 emulation good it's yet? It's decent. It's decent. Um, I downloaded one that was a Persona 5 uh, emulation thing just to see if it would run. And it ran. I deleted it after I was done because I owned that game on PS4. So it was like, nah, you know. But it, it ran decently. I mean, there was a little loading issues. You know what I mean? And I 
as weird it is as it is, I think there's still a lot of issues with Xbox and Xbox 360 emulation. Like they can't get that right for some reason. Um, but GameCube emulates fucking yeah. perfectly, <laughs> and uh, PS2 pretty much is, per- I'll say, almost perfect these days. But any any of those older older systems, when you start getting into like PS1, Super Nintendo, all of that stuff, dude, it's just like it's butter. I need to hop back into the PS2 one because the last time I tried it was an older laptop and I was just trying to play the arena football game for the PS2 and it just did not, it ran at like 12 frames per second. Yeah, dude. And it's like, oh. PS2 emulation has come a long way in the last couple of years. Good, good. Because it feels like, I feel like the dividing line at this point should be the HD generation, right? Because it's like, you know, I can get why PS3 and Xbox uh, 360 would give you a little more trouble. Yeah. But like... I mean, we've had time, and like you said, GameCube has been fantastic for a long time now. Like, Dolphin has been an incredible project. Fuck, Slippy and the Melee uh, rollback netcode scene and all that is so cool, yeah. you know? Like, I'm not even a Melee guy, but I'm absolutely stoked for this community that they have good online play for their ancient video game, yeah, you know? For sure, for sure, for sure. And, like, there's still games that I played on GameCube, like NBA Street Volume 2 that I load up and play. And, it, like... <clears throat> They look incredible, scaled up to 2K and stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, they look incredible for being a game like it, it, compared to what it used to look like on my CRT when I would play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it is wild how some of those games actually stand uh, re- just straight resolution uh, increase, and they they look quite good. Like it's it's kind of amazing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I feel like we mentioned something about that in a recent episode. That conversation sounded. Uh, we probably did because I think I mentioned that Fallout Three looks really good scaled up. Ah, that's definitely because that game something. looked way better on PC than it did when I played it on PS3. Way better. <laughs> <coughs> Gentlemen, is there anything else that you would like to touch on before we dive deep? Dive ha <laughs> into into the uh, the the fishing segments. Now I'm not going to take the bait. Let's just talk about fishing. All right. Hey. This podcast sucks. <laughs> I would say that's corny bait, but you can literally use corn for bait in the game we played this week. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And like when you were casting it, as you were like getting ready to throw it, it was like, are you ready? And then it came off the cast. Yeah. Corn joke. Anyway, um, obligatory Wikipedia bullshit. Uh, there is no Wikipedia page for this game that I could find. Um, but I found a U at U tongue tied. That's what I found. I found my tongue is tied in my mouth. UFS.fandom.com slash wiki slash ultimate fishing simulator wiki. <laughs> ultimate fishing simulator is a comprehensive fishing simulator, which allows various techniques in different places around the world. And importantly, you don't need a permit permanent connection to the internet for it. The wiki was created with our community in mind. You will find here all information about maps, fish, lures, etc. The wiki will be regularly updated. And I wish I could see when the last time this was updated because I feel like it hasn't been updated for a while. Um, and that's it. <laughs> that's what the wiki says. It's got lists about maps and fish species. And that's it. I mean, what else do you need to know? I, mean, I wish I kind of said the developers and kind of that kind of stuff. but Yeah, uh, I can pop on Steam real quick and tell you who developed this game. Uh, it's the same people who have done a few different simulation games, I do believe. The developer is named BitGolem. I believe I looked that up a while back, and it turns out to be a Polish uh, studio. 
that uh, they've also developed a, a Lovecraft-based game that is VR-supported. A game that they've advertised in this game called Tales of Herring Lake, which sounded interesting. They describe it as, your favorite Sunday fishing show meets Alfred Hitchcock, which that is a wild sell, you know? I mean, and Patreon, Patreon listeners. And then most of their other top-selling stuff is just uh, VR or DLC packs for Ultimate Fishing Simulator. Patreon listeners, I told you Alfred Hitchcock would come up again. I told I told you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's such a weird combination of words. Your favorite fishing spot meets Alfred Hitchcock. And I'm just picturing like the birds and all these fish jumping off the line and attacking you as you reel them in. But <laughs> um I, when I told my dad, like we were sitting at dinner the other night and I was telling him about that game, he goes, What the fuck does that even mean? And I was like I was like, <laughs> that was my exact question and I can't wait to find out because I will definitely get that game. Um, peeking at the what was that R.L. Stein Goosebumps book where the fish actually like were reeling people in? Wasn't that one of them like Can of Worms or something like that? Um, can of Worms sounds familiar. That, I mean, it sounds familiar, but it also sounds like it could be like oh, that's a very R.L. Stein twisty book. The uh, the little trailer that I'm hovering over for this Tales of Herring Lake says more fishing, and then it shows a guy catching a fish. And then it shows like a knife and a rock with some blood and it says danger. And then there's an explosion with the guys walking with a flashlight and there's an explosion. So I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? I'm intrigued to say the least. Yeah. They have my attention. They have my attention. Yeah. It does look like there were a couple of fish based goosebumps books, a series of three books called deep trouble, deep trouble, deep trouble Two, and creep from the deep. Well, maybe one of our listeners can, Point me in the direction of the one I'm thinking of on the Discord. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, we gotta have some goosebumps readers out I'm, there. I clicked the fish species link for this Wikipedia just to see, so I could have the list of fish that are in the game. It's fucking blank. I told you this has not been updated like they <laughs> promised. <laughs> that That's the fandom slash wiki a difference, dude. Like, half of those wikis are almost completely unpopulated, and the other half are terribly populated. Oh man. Well, that's okay. I'm sure we have plenty enough to say about the game. Yeah. Fill our own wiki. Yeah. Honestly, when I was interested in the fish, I would just look them up on dictionaries and Wikipedia and stuff and learn a little bit more about each of these fish. Now I've got a bunch of stupid fish facts floating fish through facts. my brain. The Willy facts. Which well, the... I will sprinkle through this episode with the words fish facts. Now that you said it like that, because that, well, that good, amused me. The good thing about this game is, is like, you know, it uses real species of fish, so you can actually look them up and learn about the fish as you play it. Especially when you're fishing in areas that you don't know anything about in real life, because you live in the American South, so you don't even you've never seen a walleye in real life, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I'll probably never reel in a Greenland shark, you know. But you right. have the opportunity to here. Um, I was not expecting to have near as much fun as I did with this game as I did. Like, not at all. And the minute that I jumped in and started fishing in that first lake, now, so I've I've owned this game for a while and I've dove in a little bit. I fished a little bit and it was all right, but I didn't take it seriously. So like when we started playing together as a group and just sitting around the lake and fishing and we were all kind of figuring it out as we went, like that made it so much more fun for me. And I had such a good fucking time this week playing this game straight up. Oh yeah. This room game had no right to be anywhere near as fun as it was. And some of my favorite parts about it were like, we were all just figuring it out as we went, figuring out what we were doing on as we, as we played the game, you know, like I would figure out something to do with the hooks and then 
Willie would figure out, hey, if you use the lure like this, you can really catch a ton of stripers in the middle of this lake. And it was just really cool seeing each one of us coming up with different strategies and then the rest of us kind of following those strategies and just getting better and learning about those games we went. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, like, And I like the progression. Like, there's a progression system. So uh, I would... Uh, would you call it RPG elements? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, basically, that's the way I would describe it is it kind of has an RPG-like system of progress where um, each fish you catch, you get a certain amount of experience points, and you can either choose to catch the fish and sell it, which gives you uh, money, or you can choose to release the fish, which gives you a slight experience points bonus. Um, then the money is used to not only um, pick up, you know, uh, to replace your bait and all that, but also to upgrade your rod, get new rods, reels, uh, types of bait, lore... Uh, there's different types of rods. There's also a couple of different fishing styles you can access through monetary upgrades, such as uh, a boat license and an auger, for instance, so you can do ice fishing. But when you gain experience points levels, you also gain, a, there's kind of a skill tree. It's a really basic skill tree. It's not like it branches out. It's just a, a list of uh, basically single, each thing costs one point to uh, buy, and you can just choose which one you want to buy. So you can buy... Uh, a percentage increase to your experience point gain and a percentage decrease to all prices. But you can also get stuff like increased casting distance, um, the ability to use an auger or a boat, and what might be the coolest individual feature in this game, which is a special mode called Hunter Vision, which um, enabling Hunter Vision allows you to briefly see under the water and like the fish kind of everything goes grayscale and the fish glow green where they are so you can see their roughly their positions their outlines how big they are and all that and it looks and feels really live action fish vats (laughs) yeah Yeah. it reminded me of like predator vision from the movie predator where he'd like see the heat seeking kind of thing like i felt like the predator looking at fish down in the lake and it was funny that like I didn't use that for until y'all unlocked it. You guys were like, what the fuck are you doing? You need to get this skill. And once I did, there was no going back because then it was all about spotting them fatties. But to get back to the progression, like not only that, where you have to upgrade, like there's also multiple areas of the game. So in the first little lake you start on, it's just a little, uh, it's a little pond in like, I don't know, like North Dakota or something like that. And you're like, catching uh you can get trout but there's also smaller fish hides and things like that but when you get enough money you can buy the pass and enough equipment so you can catch better fish and it becomes this fun loop where you're moving to more exotic areas and then you can catch bigger and badder things and so like by the time you get to the end game area which is actually saltwater fishing you need to have like enough line a a strong enough reel that you have enough line to let the marlins and stuff tire themselves out because they're going to take you out more than 700 feet and if you have your starter equipment you'll never catch one and so like there's this cool system where it's like once you've leveled once you've done a lake enough that you think you get tired of it you can move to a completely different biome and catch you know fish that are in like a large like large lake in the southwest or uh, a lake system in uh eastern europe or penis or, bay you know penis bay which is yeah the 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 saltwater area which is neat and then there's a ton of dlc which i think was kind of neat that it only charges you one dollar in game of, of in-game currency when you get those so you don't have to wait once you've bought yeah. something but there's a lot of cool exotic locations like we fished in greenland and in japan and in the amazon river catching piranhas and stuff and man that was cool yeah uh there, there was a couple other dlc places that uh i don't know if me and nate went and checked out thailand but i know we did check out uh kariba dam 
and there was some big fucking catfish there. You just had to kind of find them. Yeah, it was cool. I like that place too because I was able to catch some tilapia, which are just delicious. <laughs> One of my favorite things playing through this game was catching fish that I'd eaten in real life before. <laughs> just like, because like I remember um, catching mahi-mahi at Pinas Bay, and it was like, those things are delicious. Or just anytime you pull up a channel catfish, you're like, mm, reminds me of Sunday. <laughs> For some reason, this game made me hungrier than any video game I've ever played in my life. Between looking at the bait sitting on the line and then looking at the fish coming through, this I, I just could not play this game without eating twice per session. <laughs> Yeah, any anytime we were playing together, any, when we would finish up and I'd get off you know, the call or whatever, I would immediately go make food. Like, I need a snack, snack. <laughs> yeah, and as a pod, as podcast bros doing this, I thought it was really cool that this was like one of the first times we've really had a game where we could sit down, chill, and play together. Yeah. And I think that added some real fun moments to just playing this game. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, we didn't. We didn't lead off with this, but the main mode in this game is not competitive tournament fishing. It is just straight up kick up your shoes and go fish a while, which is just really nice and relaxing. We ended up on a call with the three of us, and the game has limited multiplayer to where you can see where the other avatars are, but not really what they're doing. But, like, I don't know. It was kind of neat being doing something together, even if it's kind of instance and, uh, you know, just it was social. It was very much a six pack and some buds yeah, type comparing thing. sizes like boys do like you know <laughs> and we definitely had a couple of streams where we like actually streamed our screens so that viewers could come see it and it was really cool having people come hang out with us and special shout outs to jeff and zalnop who came and actually played with us for a while while we were doing that yeah. it was nice to have some you know listener um engagement like that it was really fun and i appreciated everybody that came and hung out with us while we played yeah for sure any anytime you see us in general chat and we're like streaming something or even we're just in there bullshitting like feel free to pop in and say hello and you're not gonna bug us like we would like to uh, be able to put voices to names and such you know it would be cool plus some of you live other places and i would love to hear your accents because i love (laughs) accents um so i think the the progression of catching the small fish at first and then getting up the money to be able to get the hooks, the little bit bigger hooks, a little bit bigger bait, catching the bigger fish was really fucking satisfying. Like <clears throat> to the point that last night when we were all able to reel in a Marlin that was over 200 pounds, like that felt fucking good. You know what I mean? Yeah. That felt like the end game <clears throat> fish, you yeah. know, especially because when we were starting off, we were at that little Betty Lake, all of us trying to catch the biggest uh, trout we could and just trying to break that 10-pound barrier. And eventually 10 pounds is like, ah, this is a tiny fish. But when we first started, 10 pounds was like enormous feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and then we found the koi pond. And that, and that was just like, that was the money farming area. I won't even say like, because it was fun to sit there and farm it. And I really like how derpy koi fish look, especially in this game. Like, they just look really derpy. Uh, but they just kept getting bigger and kept getting bigger. And kept getting bigger to the point that I caught one that was like 97 pounds. And Willie was like, damn, man, I wonder if you're going to break the 100 pound thing tonight. And like two fish later, I reeled in one that was 105. And I was like, that's insane. And I took that and that was in Japan. And I took that and I went to this other area. Um, It was like a little, I was, it was an island in the middle of the lake. So I was like, I'm going to go check that out. Cause like I seem to have had good, like, 
good a good record with going to these little islands in the middle of places and casting off of those. So I popped over there and I used my uh, uh, hunter's vision. <clears throat> I almost called it vats. <laughs> I used my hunter's vision, <laughs> and there were some honkers of cat, like a honker of catfish down there, like fucking huge. So I went through and I was like, hmm, I can't get that deep with a bait and a floater. So I'm going to need to use either a ground feeder or a lure itself. So I went with a lure. I don't remember what kind of lure I used, but I would cast out and I would let it sink for like 50 feet before I started pulling it in. And this was the first time that I had a fish, like one of those catfish snagged my line and took it out like 400 feet. And they were they were fighting they were but they were big but they when you reel them in and you pull them up and you're looking at them and whatever you're holding them in your hand they were only like 60 pounds or so but they fought so much harder than those koi fish so like i just i personally considered those koi fish like that's the farming spot if you need some money just go catch a bunch of those real quick buy what you need then move on to go elsewhere Fish facts. I learned about koi fish from this because I was like, ain't no way koi fish get to 90 pounds. So I did some reading on koi. I found out, I would have figured that they were related to goldfish, right? And that's true. But I didn't even know that they were carp until this game called it koi carp. And so I looked it up and both of them are domesticated breeds that were bred from carp in uh, Asia. And um, not only are they both like domesticated carps, but they're actually capable of making like a sterile interbreed with uh, crucian carp. Kind of like how a donkey and a horse can make a mule or whatever. Hmm. I also found out that the biggest carp or koi carp ever fished was over 100 pounds, and the oldest koi ever was named Hanako, who lived to 226 years. And that's verifiable because with these kind of fish, you can actually check in a similar manner to like tree rings, something on their gills or something like that, where you can verify the age. And it wasn't just exaggerated, it literally was a 220 something year old fish. Just cut the fish in half and count all its rings. Got it. <laughs> exactly. That's insane. Yes. Then you have twice as many fish. Dude, that's <laughs> that is. It's an old fish. Jesus Christ, dude. That's. I would have never guessed that any fish could live that long. No. Like. I, I wouldn't have thought they'd have reason to. To be honest, I'd be like, I'm getting tired of this lake. I'm done. Like, I get that, like tortoises, but. Whew. What if they were like? You can make a tortoise and a fish friends, and then they were just yeah. These guys have been friends for two hundred and thirty years. <laughs> ridiculous um so this this game got me thinking about other other fishing experiences that i've had too um do you guys have any other like, fishing before i get into fishing mini games and stuff like any other fishing games that this kind of made you think of from the past well so my main thing that the reason we even started playing this game is because i ended up getting that sega um, Dreamcast pack from Humble Bundle when, when I got Nights into Dreams and I started playing Sega Bass Fishing and I was like man I like this game but I wish there was something that felt more like modern real fishing and I didn't have to deal with all this tournament arcadey bullcrap to play it and that's why you suggested this game so I was like yeah so I played Sega that Sega Bass Fishing for the first time and then I, it just made me want something like this and luckily you found it so yeah um- of all things, I'm like, oh, I, th- I think I have a fishing game like that. Let me go check. And yeah, sure shit. Then it was on sale. It was like kismet, you know? Yeah, what the fuck were the odds of that? That was great. Um, I can remember but, like renting fishing games back in the day for PlayStation 1. I can't remember any of their names. But I used to have a blast with them. But they were all that arcade style. Like, you know, it, it's only been, I feel like, in more recent years that the simulator 
um, genre has really taken off to the level it has because now you know there's trucking simulators, there's um, mm-hmm. crabbing oh, yeah. ship simulators. I just saw, I think it's, it's called like North Atlantic Fishing or something like that. Their new DLC is Scallops. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what the funny thing about that is, I look at all those other kind of simulator games and get all judgy about it, and yet here I am playing a, real, a semi-realistic fishing game. I'm like, man, you know what? Those guys can play whatever the heck they want, because I'm having so much fun playing this. Maybe somebody just enjoys Farm Simulator that much, too. Yeah, and, I, and you know, I have a Farm Simulator game that I've been meaning to check out, because, dude, sometimes I just want to zen, and if I could just go out there and, like, mow grass, and it'd be chill, you know what I mean? Or um, Euro Truck Simulator. And those types of games where it's just like you're just driving, listening to the radio. It's relaxing as shit. <laughs> it really is. I don't I don't know how to describe it. Speaking of radio, man, speaking of radio, I don't I don't want to bring it back all the way to our game because I know we're still gonna talk about other fishing games for a while, but oh my god, there was a streaming radio service yeah. built into this game. It pulls up a bunch of stations from like somafm.com, one.fm, and several other streaming services. And we would all sync up and listen to underground 80s radio on somafm. And uh, by the way, if you go to the website, somafm.com, you can actually play music from their website. They have uh, all the players there. We're listening to the station underground 80s for the most part. It's really good. We were just all syncing up with this kind of gothy, because it wasn't, it wasn't usually like the uh, like Europe type of 80s music. It was more of the uh, synth-based yeah, the- stuff. And it was really cool. A lot of, uh, like, the the New Wave type things. There was uh, Human League and uh, Little Duran Duran, but, like, more more deeper cuts than what you would Yeah, and, like, Depeche Mode and uh, Information Society. Um, I think I even heard Blondie at one point, which I thought was really random to get thrown into Mm -hmm. there, but it fit the, the playlist. But they had genre, different genres all over the place. They had like about a hundred stations built in, and most of them, most of, at least all the ones that were off of somafm.com and 1.fm, all of them worked really well. We had some streaming issues, some like technical hiccups with all the other ones, but like those, and they were like, they had like electronic, they had like ambient electronic, they had metal, decade stations for every decade from the 50s to the 00s, they had, uh, you know, pop, country, rock of all kinds. It's, I have to point out the name of the country station that I found on there, though, yeah. which was Boot Liquor. Liquor spelled as in, like, the yeah, drink. It was liquor. pretty clever. But I was like, who did they name this station for? Because if you wanted to listen to country, do you really want to be called that? <laughs> but at the same time, I found it hilarious when I saw yeah, it. it was pretty good. Uh, I also really liked The Trip, which was, like, progressive house music, I think. And that was the one that I would listen to when I was playing by myself a lot, too. Like, but... I always found myself gravitating back to underground 80s. It was such a good fucking station. It's just a really good station. Such a good station. Yeah, not only that, but like it was easy just to turn off the music entirely and pull up something on YouTube. Because last night, that's kind of what I did. I was like, I love this 80s music, but I want to try something different. So I just pulled up like a lo-fi beats to relax to um, Nintendo edition (laughs) and had a good time listening to that while fishing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, any other classic uh, fishing games you got in mind, Nate? um, Yeah, so like... One of the games that was really important to me growing up that I just loved, we rented it a lot, and eventually we got into emulators, and I played the heck out of it there. And then when I finally moved out and started collecting again, it was one of the first games I picked up was Blue Marlin for the NES. And I just remember having such a good time. It was like, there were a couple other fish, there was one other fishing game actually for the NES called Black Bass. They were both made by the same company, Hot D, but Blue Marlin was a lot better and felt a lot more like actually going fishing. That's the one thing that always stuck with me. It was just a really good time. 
it was still the competition type where you tried to catch the heaviest fish in a certain time period. It was a whole lot of fun. And it was the whole reason, my whole goal in the, in this game was to end up catching a marlin because I just remember how much fun I had playing blue marlin as a kid. And so that one's really important to me. I still... And fun fact about it, I was looking up speed runs for it the other night, and the world record is six minutes. Like, how? <laughs> it seems very RG-dependent, but I might mess with that at some point just because it's a game I like so much, but we'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. That, that makes a lot more sense now uh, as to why you were so gung-ho about catching a blue marlin. And I still feel bad that not... 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes after you were saying, man, I really hope I catch a blue marlin. I reeled one of those motherfuckers in. And I was like, oh, damn it. I wish I could just like give this to Nate on his screen. <laughs> like, here, dude, take this. I really don't need it that bad. Yeah, I did catch a striped marlin, though, and that was still a really cool fish because like those are also in the game, blue marlin. But it was just, you know, just catching the, the marlin at the end of playing that game last night. Before, like the last time I played before we recorded, it just felt kind of poetic with my fishing video game experience. Yeah. <laughs> From Marlins we are born into Marlins we return. <laughs> um, I made a note of all the the games that I've played or just basically like heard from friends that have like fishing mini games that are either good or meh. You know what I mean? So I, I figured I'd run through them real quick, and I'm, hopefully some of you like some of these you guys will have had some form of experience with um first off red dead redemption 2 the fishing i've heard you rave about this yeah, me before. and jeff both the fishing in that game is really freaking good i i will i will say it's really fun um not near as simulatory as ultimate fishing simulator but more simulator-esque than you would think like red dead redemption 2 got real into the whole making it as realistic as possible thing so there is some challenge to it but it's really fun um Far Cry 5, it's a fishing minigame and a shooter. It's a good breakaway from shooting crazy, psychotic Christians trying to kill you <laughs> and just, like, go catch some bass or something, like, in the river. And I think you're in Montana in that game, so whatever you can catch up there. But I, I enjoy it. I do end up going fishing quite a bit when I'm playing Far Cry 5. Uh, Final Fantasy 15, fishing is fun as fuck. Uh, it's really pretty. That game, like you know, Square Enix is always like top, almost top of the line when it comes to graphics in their games. Like they are usually the ones that showcase yeah. a new console. It's like, oh, this is what this can do. You know what I mean? And fishing in that game, like the coolest part to me is that I don't remember the reason for it, but when Noctis in that game summons weapons, like he just like will do his hand wave through the air and kind of clinch his fist, and his weapon will appear in his hand. Well, he does that with his fishing rod, too. So he'll just hold his hand out and, <laughs> and the fishing rod will appear in his hand. And then, That sounds like a nice touch. And then when you're done with it, he'll just like do this wave of his hand, open his hand, and it just like turns into particles and disappears. It's a really cool little touch, yeah. But uh, That's so very Final Fantasy, and I mean that in the best way. Uh, reeling in the fish in that game is a little more arcadey. It's not quite a simulator-esque, but it's still very fun. There's a bunch of different fishing spots. And there are like quote unquote like boss fish that you can look for if I remember correctly. Boss fish. <laughs> um, I have the VR PlayStation Four Final Fantasy Fifteen fishing game. Um, it's a fishing game for it's a Final Fantasy licensed and everything. And <laughs> I, I laugh when I try to explain this to people because it's so ridiculous. So it's VR and you're fishing and you'll get a fish and you reel it in and it builds this bar up. Whenever the bar fills up, a boss fish spawns. 
and then you ain't boss fish the guy that uh jar jar binks had to take qui-gon and padme to <laughs> oh if i had a cri- episode one joke i wish i had the cricket <laughs> no, um the boss fish spawns. It's this big fucking thing, and you get like this mini gun, and you have to shoot the fish until you weaken it enough that you can reel it in. It... <laughs> With a mini gun, man. Uh, now nah, that makes me wish I'd ever played the mobile game Ridiculous Fishing. It's about the same people that made Nuclear Throne, but it's a very similar concept in terms of you use powerful weaponry on the fish. <laughs> it's just, oh, it cracks me up. That. Uh, it's not just the regular fishing game. It's like you have to shoot the stuff. And I never got super far in it, but apparently there's like real big shit that you can reel in towards the end. Um, and then you've got, you know, Final Fantasy 14 and WoW. Um, WoW fishing is really simple. It's like you click fish, you wait till your bopper goes bloop, and you hit the button, he reels it in. It's over and over and over. Um, Final Fantasy 14 is pretty similar to that, but there's different kinds of fishing. You have like sky fishing, you have uh, sand fishing, and then you have regular fishing. Um, but Black Desert Online, Black Desert Online's fishing is interesting because it's a whole life skill. There's a bunch of different life skills in that game. And, uh, I once, like, basically with BDO, you can go and either physically fish, and that's how you catch, like, the bigger ones when you want to try to catch the the big bastards and stuff. Or, you can set your guy to auto-fish, which is what I've done a couple times, and then just went the fuck to bed. And woke up the next day and had an inventory full of fish and just went and sold them. You know, so it's like a thing you can do in the background. So that's cool. Also, Black Desert Online is one of the best looking games out there right now. So fishing in MMOs tends to be kind of a neat way to like make up a little bit of money when you're not doing something very active. Yeah, right? absolutely. It's a it's a good way to because it works like a it's like a system a tier system. You know, you catch the fish, you sell them to people who need those fish to then cook something, and then those people who cook that then sell it to people who need that fi- for specific food for whatever buff it might give you. You know, it's like a hierarchy of selling things. Or if you have all those skills, you can do it yourself. I'm contributing to the economy. Exactly. exactly. Um, and then Stardew Valley, fun, simple fishing game. Mm. Um, hard to master, but cool, yeah. cool little game. Um, yeah, I like this because the, the way the Stardew Valley one works is once you've got a fish on the line, it's like the you have a little bar you want to keep it in and try to rise it up. But the way your bar manipulation moves, you don't. it's more like a flappy birds thing than a direct yeah. thing. Like it... You have to click a couple times with like a pace, and the fish kind of tries to get out of the little bar. It's it's hard to visibly to physically describe, but like you do it one time and you get the idea. But it, it is hard. hard to master for, for sure. sure. Um, Animal Crossing, I really don't remember much about fishing that game. I think you just kind of pop it in. And if something, oh, a bite, and then you hit the button, and your guy's like, woo, and a couple ex- exclamation points appear above your head, and then yeah. you, you pop your fish in. Um, Minecraft, I don't have much experience with. I do know that there's fishing in it though. It's 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 kind of similar for the most part. You throw the line in, uh, watch the bobber. When it sinks, something's got your line, so you hit the button and you jerk it back in immediately. You don't have a reel against it or whatever. But uh, in a, one of the later versions, they actually made the mo- uh, fish into mobs, so it is actually possible for you to jump in and just take your sword out and go hunt down a salmon directly. <laughs> I have a vendetta against this fish. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fuck this fish in particular. No, Nate, I'll let you talk about Hades because I know you put in way more time in that than me. Um, you can talk about the fishing for that if you'd like. Yeah, there was a hey um, a fishing mini game you could unlock in Hades after I think I don't remember exactly when it came. I think it might have been after the first time you beat the game. Um, and then uh, Poseidon would be like, "Ho ho, nephew, have a fishing rod," and he'd finally be able to catch all these fish that survive in the lakes of hell or rivers of hell, like. 
you can go fishing in the river sticks. You know? That's cool. So interesting times, but like it wasn't a very complicated system. Like you'd see a sparkling spot after you cleared a room and then you could go to that sparkling spot, drop your line in there then wait for it to kind of, I don't remember what the exact visual cue was, but you hit the button and you pull in the fish. You could go too early and miss the fish or just miss it entirely too, but it was not hard to catch the fish in general. I gotcha. The fish had cute little pun names, which I no longer remember any of. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm sad I never got that far, but Hades kicked my ass. I mean, I'm, <laughs> pick it back up sometimes. It, you you go through breaks. Like, there's a point where you suddenly, it clicks, and then you're ready to go, you yeah, know? that's fair. Like, for me, I didn't have it click at all, because I was, I was mostly using distance weapons. Then I played it with a sword one time and just beat the game, because I was no longer trying to just shoot through everything. I was waiting for things to react to, and then once I was actually bobbing and weaving, instead of just hiding and shooting i wasn't getting hit because i was paying more attention yeah. so like try different approaches yeah you know? i'll have to give that a shot again because i did enjoy my time that i put into it um warframe it's like a free-to-play online game um i only put this in here because i know it's got some fishing and i think it's cool that i think it either comes out of your hand or like some part of your arm but there's a spear with a rope that you see a fish and you shoot the spear at the fish and if it hits the fish then you reel it in like that like through your suit or whatever i thought that was pretty cool uh persona 5 you can go fish as a side activity to help raise some of your social stats i think it helps raise uh courage or something uh pokemon everyone fucking knows about fishing in pokemon you that's how you catch magikarp get that old rod baby it's not very involved but it's still always fun to shove your rod in the water and see what pops up yeah oh a slow poke bit your line even though it is just, it goes right back into the main gameplay loop, it does feel like you're taking a nice little break. I don't get it, you know? It's literally the same as doing combat in the grass, but it feels different. Yeah. yeah. And Fire Emblem Three Houses has some fishing too, and that's just like the same as Persona 5. It's like, you know, it helps build some skills. Um, but there's really, it's a semi-challenging, but like nothing, it's not simulator-esque at all. Um, and then the actual fishing games that I... Well, I had a couple more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Then please, you. please, yeah, by all means. Yeah, because like like I said, I was playing Sonic Adventure on stream, and basically all of Big the Cat's side quest is a fishing mini game in um, Sonic Adventure, and it actually feels kind of like more of a fishing game than most of these fishing mini games that you talk about. Because you have to kind of cast out your line, make sure you pull the rod up when the fish bites, and then you have to keep the meter line tension good so you can reel in the fish without the line breaking so it actually kind of feels more fishing than a lot of these other fishing games unfortunately it just feels like such a departure from the rest of a sonic game where the goal is to go fast and it's just a slow slow segment that's how it feels um and then another one that i think was really good was ocarina of time i think everybody remembers yeah. going and catching the hylian loach and all that stuff but we I, couldn't even use the joke on the podcast because I use it every damn time we played the game. But every time one of us had a big fish, I'd be like, oh, you got the Hylian Loach, dude! Yeah. But the one thing I think, especially since we're going to move on to talking about other fishing games, unless Willie had another um, fishing minigame in a game, um, the one I think was a huge missed opportunity that could have added a lot to the game itself was why didn't Breath of the Wild allow you to fish? Yeah. Like, you couldn't yeah. just get a line and put it in the water and catch a fish. How you got fish was stupid. And you could go dynamite fishing. You just couldn't catch fish normal. You could you could try or spear, throw spears at them, right? There was like a hook. 
No. Uh, yeah, but I think Tried you it. still were picking up dead fish off the top of the water once they floated up. Anyway, it wasn't like you oh, could yeah. reel them in or. And yeah, I would have liked a, a rod and reel. The, in that the game. fact that they put so much attention to detail in that game, where like if you stand under an apple with a torch, then it will cook the apple and it will fall off, and when you pick it up, it's a cooked apple. But they didn't add fishing in. Yeah, it's really weird. It's very strange to me. Yeah, it's very, very strange. Especially because there are fish in the game, in the lakes, in the rivers. And you can eat those fish, but you can't catch them with a rod and reel. Shoot them with your bow or just snag them out of the water. (laughs) Yeah. um, But yeah, actual actual fishing games that I've played recently, um, just to keep keep the train moving a little. Um, First and foremost, I'm going to put this one out there. Ace Fishing. Okay, It's, It's on mobile phones. It's my pooping game. (laughs) <laughs> and it is way funner than it has any right to be as far as being a fishing game. Um, fish fight, and I mean they fight. Uh, the line that I have right now has like 5,000 feet on it, and I had one pull me out to like 3,600 feet. Uh, I don't know. I will say I don't know if it's available for iPhones, uh, but I have an Android, but it's it's really quite fun. Um, I used to be, that's it right there, Ace Fishing Wild Catch, yes, sir. <laughs> that, that that is the game it is it is a blast uh i used to be a lot higher level than i am now <laughs> i used to be a lot higher level than i am now and uh unfortunately like i tried to like log into my account and it was like you already have an account i know i'm trying to log into it so i would hit log in again and it'd be like you already have an account so i had to start over but that's cool because once i got into the game they have added so much shit to it like most mobile phone games do that I'm like, okay, I might need to start over and get the tutorials again on how all this fucking works now. Um, so that's just a little uh, then, uh, like side ad addition. Uh, but to compare, I wanted to compare Ultimate Fishing Simulator to some other fishing games that are out now. Um, so I chose Fishing Planet, which is an, a fishing MMO on Steam. Um, I chose huh. Russian Fishing 4, which is another free fishing game on Steam. Um I bought Fishing Adventure because it was 49 cents and forgot to play it. So uh, <laughs> there's that one. And then I tried the Catch Carping Course and the Ultimate Fishing Simulator 2 demo, but we'll touch on that in a minute. Um, I'm going to start off with the Catch Carping Course. It's made by Dovetail Games. It's the same people who did uh, Euro Fish Simulator or Euro Fishing Simulator or whatever, whatever the fuck it's called. I have it on PS4, Euro Fishing. Uh, I fucking hated it. I hated the catch the carpet course, and I don't know if it's because I'm so used to Ultimate Fishing Simulator's control schemes and stuff now that it just seemed like I wasn't getting bites, and like it just it wasn't like I couldn't figure out how to, or it took me like ten minutes to figure out that I had to cut my line at a certain point, and that didn't mean cut it like snip it off. That meant like cut it like stop it from going any further, and there was a lot of silt in this one lake that I chose, and it could have just been the lake I chose. I didn't like it at all. I prefer Ultimate Fishing Simulator. I missed my hunting site. Yep. Yeah, and I think there's a, a point to that, needs to be said. That there you, is a point where you can take a simulation too far into the realism where it becomes less fun. I think that Ultimate Fishing Simulator did a good job of balancing, making sure that you were getting hits on your line yep. to keep you, prevent you from getting bored and also putting together all the other pieces of the game. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I would go ahead and say that, like, the beginning of the game experience, especially, like, the fact that it gives you, like, start, it doesn't make you buy everything at first. It gives you a starting rod, starting bait, like, stuff that would frustrate a beginner. I'm not an outdoorsman. I don't want to do all that thinking right away. I just kind of wanted to cast a few times. And it gives you a bait that works for the first flake. It gives you the pass for the first flake. And the starting game experience is really good. By the time you've cast a few times, you're going to catch something because the fish are, like, magnetically attracted to the bait. You don't have to think as much about depth and things like that. So, like, it works out really nicely for, even though it is a simulator, the first couple fish you catch do not require you to be a, a real-life fishing yeah. guy. Um, Russian Fishing 4, I put in some time into it. I liked it better than I liked the Catch Carp and Course, and I'm going to keep it in my Steam library because it's free, so why not? Um, it's an early access game, so there's some things that need to be changed for it and everything. But what I thought was cool was that the place that I was fishing at... Um, like you could turn around and walk up to like the cabin that you stay at and like you can go up there and like fix your broken lures and stuff like that or replace them um huh. but then you can travel to it was called Mosquito Lake and you go there and you can fish there too but there's like this little town so you can walk up to the uh tackle store and go buy tackle or you can go walk to the grocery store and sell your fish to them at the market or you could walk over to like the hardware store and buy whatever the fuck was there i didn't look but it was just it was interesting they had like a bait store it was just it was cool there was like a little town see i'm not sure if i would like that little open world element more or less than just being able to do all that from the menus and focus 99 percent on the fishing yeah. you know and, and that's t- that's taste to for you know that's just taste for the person i thought it was a cool little addition uh it would probably get old to have yeah. to keep going back and forth there but if that's the what you're looking for you know there's that and then uh fishing planet oh go like, ahead I was just saying, I'm not sure which way I would prefer. Like, I liked it. I liked it this way in the game because it let me just immediately. Like, I didn't have to leave everything every few minutes when I needed bait because my god, we were running through bait pretty quick later on in the game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Buy a stack of ninety nine and run I, out. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, I mean, because you can, you when you have a later huge hook, you can put three pieces of bait on it at a time. So you catch thirty fish, you're empty again. <laughs> but continue. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut off the. Uh, oh no, no, you're first. fine. Um, and then just fishing planet, which was the MMO that's on Steam. Um, seemed cool. I need to put more time into it. Seems very, very pay to win. Um, well, maybe not pay to win is not the word. Uh, um, lots of gated access. Like the DLC list is like eighty things long or something like that. Like there's a lot of DLC for that game, and it's a lot of things like buy this lure pack. Buy these hooks pack, you know, like, and things like that. So they're trying to nickel and dime you, which I don't appreciate. So it's like, it's like the latest NBA game where there's like microtransactions by the time you even got off the title screen. Yeah. But I I would rather them charge me for the game and, and include all of yeah. that. But I'm sure they make Buku more money the way that they do it. So what, what the fuck do I know? Um... I mean, as a consumer, I would rather just buy the game and then have the game instead of having to pay real money to use bait in a game that I already yeah. own, you know? Uh, and then just the the Ultimate Fishing Simulator 2 demo um, just has me excited for the future of this series. Um, it looked crisp. I sent you guys some of those screenshots, and mm-hmm. it looks mm-hmm. 
really good. Um, it's still in development. One thing I was very impressed by the graphics of that was like this game I thought had really pretty water effects. Like I really enjoyed the like every lake like it, it looked like a you know light blue water when you're out in the salt water is like murkier water in the Bi- Baikal artificial lakes and all that. The lake you showed me from that where it had like the lily pads on it and kind of that murkiness to it looked incredibly cool. Like it looked like a real ass pond. I was like yeah, really that was impressed. the section of the river that was uh going to like where i was going to fish at and yeah man it was wild how good it looked and what tripped me out was like when i got to this place that i was fishing there was like a bridge and i think just beyond the bridge was a little waterfall or something because there was a lot of water rushing through this area like the river and there would just be like dead wood and shit floating by there's big pieces of trees and shit and then uh, i cast towards the bridge and just watched my bait slowly start floating the fuck away from where I cast that, and I was like, oh yeah, I didn't even think about having to uh, worry about water direction in a flowing river. Oh, so I once I figured that out and everything, I started reeling in a couple fish. Uh, the controls were a little different. Like, they had changed some buttons, like underwater cam is now U instead of C, which makes a little more sense uh, for underwater, even though I guess C would make sense for camera as well. Um, but the big addition was that the underwater camera, you can zoom in and out with up and down on the deep or on, on the d-pad wow on the arrow keys uh, i didn't try controller but that was the thing that i thought was missing from ultimate fishing simulator one for sure was that the ability to kind of move the underwater camera around even if it's just to zoom yeah i definitely would have appreciated a little bit more of that being able to kind of see what was going on around the underwater camera instead of just kind of like when you use the underwater camera, you just kind of sat there and just stared at your bait and you couldn't like move directionally around it at all. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, kind of an introduction to one thing I would say is this game does show that it was built by a small team in Poland and not like a more polished, larger studio. A lot of things felt jank unfinished or, uh, I don't know, like, like they didn't think of obvious quality of life features. Like just like, when you're in the underwater camp, you know, like, you know, sometimes you see the floor of the ocean and it suddenly fades out and you just see the water. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, you, I'd love to be able to move around to see if there's fish coming from any side other than directly in front. And, the like, the live worms and live bait do not animate in any way. They're just models that still rotate, but they don't move. Yeah, and, and that was one thing um, I did notice in the, in the demo for two is that the worms were wriggling and squirming around cool. on the hook. So maybe they did uh, you know, address that a little. Or like uh, there was a point where I cast uh, into water where there was a rock in the water. But there's like a section of water. And there was a rock and then there was more water. And I hooked a fish and it just kind of went through the rock. Like it was like it wasn't yeah, there. I reeled in a bitch and, through my phone. Um, in multiplayer, in multiplayer, you can't. Yeah, through, I've, I've reeled in a yeah. couple through my boat too. Yeah. In multiplayer, you cannot see what the other people are doing exactly. They're just a little body outline that's white when they're not engaged, green when they have a line out, red when they're reeling a fish in, and uh, purple if they're trolling on a boat. But, like, I would love to have been able to see the other guys with their lines out and see exactly what they're fighting with and all that. That would have been so cool. That would have made a huge difference to me in what was already a pleasant social experience but felt like we were playing a single-player game three times at the same time. Well, we could always check out Fishing Planet together at some point. The fishing MMO. Yeah, and just suggestions. Some of the stuff you told me about the 
the two demos got me kind of convinced that they know that these are limitations and they're working on them. So if they can get the multiplayer up to snuff, that would be awesome. Yeah. And again, this game does a lot of little things right that you wouldn't expect to. Like the 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 radio streaming is a hint of genius to me because they didn't have to pay for a soundtrack. They didn't have to like get a Kevin McLeod soundtrack that sounds like everyone's YouTube video because he's like the only comp, uh, public domain artist that's making decent music right now or whatever. That's not exactly true, but I mean, even Kerbal Space Program used Kevin McLeod's music, so like that, you know, there's he's kind of the guy for uh, license-free music, but like this instead you have this a beautiful selection of all these like different stations, and I thought that they did a great job creating a list of them, variety and all that, just great stuff, and that's something they didn't have to do, but it was a way better solution than anything else they could have come up with. For sure, Nate, I think you were saying something, weren't you? Um, well, something, one thing I was going to say is like we were talking about there could be some quality life improvements to the game as well. One of the huge ones that would make such a big difference is when you're in shopping in the store and you're buying bait, you can only buy one bait at a time. And when I say that, oh, yeah. it means you can only buy one worm at a time. So if you wanted 99 worms, you had to click your mouse button 99 times to get up to 99 worms. Yep. That was a little frustrating, but... In the grand scheme of things, not a killer of the game by any means, but ugh. Yeah, it that, that did get, you know, it, it made me it made me uh, harken back to like old RPGs and stuff where it was like, <sighs> buy one, buy one, buy one, buy one, buy one, buy one, buy one. Yeah, so yeah. I, I totally I feel you there, I feel you there. But uh, overall, I really fucking enjoyed a time with this game. Um, I think if I had to pick a favorite area that we fished in, uh. That's a good question. Penis actually. Bay, as I'm going to continue to call it, because I'm immature as all hell, um, was really was really fun. I enjoyed that when we were fishing there last night. But I think I might have had the most fun on Powell Lake, reeling in stri- mm. stripers. Powell Lake was where we were catching all the best. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, that's really where I learned how to use the lures, which are different in this game. Because when you're bait fishing, uh, you know, you just leave, you cast out and leave it there. With the lure, you have to keep a consistent like reeling in. So like. There's kind of a movement to that where you get into a bit of a rhythm that way, and it's kind of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed using lures. The, the Pinos Bay Ocean, where we actually caught the Marlins, was like this huge moment of triumph. And then, like, I enjoyed when we had new people there, and we just went over to Lake Betty and just did the basic pond fishing, too. Like, uh, And you know what else I really liked? Uh, and again, this is one of those things where they put their effort in weird places in this game i feel and one of those weird places was in echi falachi basin or whatever where there was this entire like pier neighborhood where you could jump up onto the pier and then go to all these little houses that were just sitting there and like nate was like hey i'm going up there and then we like oh you can actually explore that was wild yeah i did not expect there to be a whole fucking community yeah and you could even fish off some of the like shores over there like the edge of the pier so that was kind of neat um I guess if I had to pick one, I would go with, um, I'm actually going to go with Lake Powell. Well, I'll be the different one then. Because um, it's funny, because the first couple times we went there, we kind of were like, this place sucks. Because we went yeah. to Greenland, and we were only catching this really ugly fish called the Deepwater Red. Uh, eventually, I was just like, I'm going to go here and try to fish on my own. Because like, we did a little couple times where we were just fishing by ourselves. And I found a couple really nice spots in Greenland. Where I just cast out and catch salmon and cod every time. And it just became such a great place for me. It was like how Dalton had so much fun catching all the koi. I was having so much fun catching all these cod and salmon. That 
I just had a blast in Greenland, and I took you there with me, yeah. Dalton, and you finally got to see what I was talking about. And I was like, yeah, this place is actually pretty good. Yeah, that was the first place that I got the rod pod and started casting out two rods at a time <clears throat> and was pulled one in salmon. Yeah, that, Dalton was the multi-rod guy. That was his tactic, and uh, it, it seemed pretty neat. Uh, I don't think me and Nate were using that too much. We were just kind of doing the solo rod thing, but Dalton, what was your experience like with multi-rods versus the wall? Uh, well, it was interesting because like, say there's two different kinds of fish that you're trying to go for, but they both use different kinds of bait. Then you could cast both of them out and oh. set them down, and the rod pod that I had held three rods, but for the most part, I only used two, and um, <clears throat> you could buy these bite indicators now you could buy the little bells which would go on the end of your rod and that's what you had to use for boat uh, boat pods when you put your rod in there like they didn't the electric one didn't work because i guess the way the electric one works is on the horizontal plane pods when you'd get them on the ground you would lay your rod in there and it would put this electric one on the end and the tip of your rod would sit in there when it got pulled down it would hit this little button that would just start beeping super loud and flashing red that would let you know that that rod has a bite. And uh, I just, it was easier for me to pull in, especially with the uh, like the ground feeding uh, baits and the feeder baits and stuff. I would cast those out. Those don't have a, a float, so they would just sink. So I would just, especially when we were doing ocean fishing last night, I had all of three of my rods, when I eventually had three, going with the feeder baits on there. So they would sink lower, and then I would just troll in the boat really slowly. And drag those along at like 40 feet. And that's how I kept snagging these big ass fish that would just pull out all my line. <laughs> that's pretty I, awesome. I enjoyed them. I do love that there's different different ways you could fish that was fun. Like ice fishing was pretty different from uh, fishing on a boat, which was pretty different from regular you know, fishing on the shore. And all of these options were viable in most of the areas. Before I discovered neat. koi, man, ice fishing was the place to go to farm up some money quick. Because all you had to do was... Drop that hook about two or three feet down under there. Use the underwater cam. As soon as you saw a fish even nibble your fucking hook, yank it, and it would just pull it right out of the water. And it was like, all right, now on to the next one. And you'd get ten fish just snap of the finger. It was great. What was your favorite fish to hunt for then, guys? Because I don't know, man. I was really, really loving that streak of just catching all those striped bass with a... Uh, spoon, uh, spoon lure. That was, or actually, I switched to a spinner for a while, and I was also having some good luck. But no, wait, spinner was for trout. The 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 spoon lure was for. See, I never knew any of these words before. I'm not an outdoorsman. The fact that this game got me interested in this stuff at all is crazy. Because I would have told you before we started this that my absolute ceiling rating for a fishing simulator game would have been a six out of ten if it blew me away. <laughs> I just, I, this is not something I care about whatsoever. And now I'm over here like. It's actually interesting that uh, in British English, the fish name is pronounced crappy, whereas in American English, it differs. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary gives the American pronunciation as crappie, whereas the Random House Unabridged American Dictionary says crappy as well. Fish facts! Fish facts. Um, you know, when you say fish facts, it makes me think of fish wax, which was the name of James from the JRPG Reports little YouTube show that he did for a while that was like Working Man's Good Mythical Morning. Hmm. And when you fish facts, because he would always go fish facts, show like that. And it just every time you go fish facts, it just makes me think of that. I love it. Um, I'm infringing someone else's intellectual <laughs> property. Ha ha, fish facts. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick a favorite, so two. Um, I really enjoyed trying to pull in the biggest fish that we could in the ocean. 
So like it was very satisfying when we each were able to pull in a Marlin eventually, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think the most fun that I had was challenging myself being like, I know, I fucking know I can catch a koi over 100 pounds. <laughs> I somehow and that would just be it. trying to get that slowly work its way up and just catching them bigger and bigger and bigger was like it was like gambling when you win and you're like oh and you get that little rush and then you win again and it's a little more and you're like oh and i was just waiting waiting to and then but unlike gambling if i pulled in a 10 pound koi uh i didn't want to kill myself so it's, <laughs> it's all good I knew you were going to say koi because one day I went to bed way before you guys. I woke up the next day, looked at the group chat. It's just photo of a 40-pound koi, photo of a 50-pound koi, photo of a 55-pound koi. And it just didn't stop. I was like, man, he's probably level 70 now. I was determined, now. man. I was determined. Yeah, it's it's funny because we talk about our group chat a lot. And we were just like kind of sharing our favorite things like whenever we caught a big fish. And it got to the point where it was pretty easy to tell what all of our favorite fish to catch were because I ended up dubbing us all... Willie was the um, slayer of stripers. Dalton was the yeah. king of koi. And I was the god of cod. Because I just had so much <laughs> fun in um, Greenland catching Greenland. all those cods. And I'd have to say that was my favorite fish to catch because I ended up catching some really big ones just by sitting there and farming like Dalton did for koi. When I was in school, I knew a kid who went by the name... So I knew two of them. I knew one that went by Pony Boy, which I have now heard is from the Warriors, I believe. Um... The outsiders, is it the outsiders, right? Is it the Warriors or the Outsiders? One of the two. One of the two. Um, but I knew a kid that went by Koi Boy. <laughs> and I always wondered why. And he was a piece of shit. And if you're listening, <laughs> you are still a piece of shit. Just so you know. Got him. Um, but, yeah, he went by Koi Boy. His name was Koi Franklin. Everybody called him Koi Boy. And I'm like, why would you name your kid Koi? It was C-O-Y. But still, I was just like, that's just weird. I called him Corduroy because I didn't like Koi Boy, and he didn't like Corduroy. <laughs> like, or he did not like that nickname. What the fuck you call me that for? Because I'm not going to call you Koi Boy. Nice. Like, if anybody's Koi Boy, it's me, damn it. <laughs> K-O-Y-B-O-Y. <laughs> I'm not your Koi Boy. Koi Boy. There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to bring up about Ultimate Fishing Simulator? All yes. Right. No. Oh. I did want to bring something up, but it's not about Ultimate Fishing Simulator. It is about fishing games. Radica Bass Fishing, a handheld game that was shaped like a little fishing rod. It was an LCD game, and it was so goddamn fun. <laughs> Everyone's grandparents had one. Our grandpa did. You said your yep. grandma had it. That game was just such a memory, man. That was she so cool. She had that and a little like digitized Yahtzee thing. Yo! Like, that's, what, that's what I would play over there is those. Yeah. Just the old LCD games, man. Those are just like a figment of our imagination. Like they don't exist anymore as far as I'm aware, but they were such an imposing, I'll say, part of our childhood. They were always there for us. Tiger Electronics to Radica Fishing. Yeah. I had this one, yeah, and this would have been man. a little a little later in life uh, as far as like when those came out comparatively, but I had this one that was like a purple asteroid. It was about this big. And it had a screen, and it was awkward to hold, but it had asteroids on it. But it was like a little purple asteroid that had asteroids. And it was it was cool. Like, you know, like for a car ride or something, you sit there and mess with it, get sick, have to lay down because you got motion sickness. Yeah, but I did it to myself all the time. And then Game Boys came out, and it was like, well, fuck that asteroid game. <laughs> yeah. All that kind of stuff reminds me, like when I was a kid, like probably around 12 or 13, 
I remember just being really bored and I couldn't get anybody to ever take me fishing. So I'd take that into my own hands. I ended up making myself my own little fishing game. So like, I would take a bunch of pipe cleaners and twist them into the shapes of fish. Then I got a paper clip and made it into a hook and then tied that to a string of yarn. And I would just like throw the scatter the fish throughout the carpeted floor and then just cast out my line on the with the yarn and the hook and just kind of pull it in and try to catch the fish like that. That's why we're doing that for hours because nobody would take me fishing. That's brilliant. That's <laughs> fucking brilliant. I think that's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> See, my- but so do you guys ever go fishing much? Like, I know Willie never really was into it. No. But how about you, Dalton? This game makes me. I went a to. lot when I was younger. <clears throat> um, my grandpa, and my grandma really really enjoyed fishing uh, when they were like younger and more able to. So we used to go out to uh, I think it's called Huguenot Park in Jacksonville, but we always called it the Jetties. It was out there, and uh, we would go fish. <clears throat> me and my grandpa would go out and stand, you know, knee deep, waist deep, and ca- it was probably knee deep for him, waist deep for me at the time. But cast out and try to catch some fish and stuff. And my grandma would be out there, like waist deep throwing a net and and getting all kinds of shit so like we'd get home from the beach and she'd go clean and cook up some like flounder and uh mm. whatever else she would catch i can't think of all i i remember flounder specifically but i can't remember like some of the other ones that she would catch i'm not really versed with ocean fish um too terribly much at least the ones that are closer to shore um what amazes me is like i didn't even worry about sharks back then now if i was waist deep in water i would be like my eyes would be darting back and forth everywhere, just making sure. <laughs> All right, nothing's going to bite my dick off. All right, we're good. <laughs> but, yeah, we, went, we used to go fishing all the time. And then um, there's just there's a Rodman's Dam um, near Palatka that me and my buddy Brendan went and camping there. It took our girlfriends fishing one weekend, which was interesting. But it was fun. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I've only been fishing in the ocean one time, and it was a few years ago. We went down to the Gulf of Mexico, and we got on a charter boat and went fishing, and just remember, it was one of the coolest things. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. I can't say my wife did because she ended up getting super sick and uh, stuck on the boat. It was because it was cold, kind of, and rainy, so it was just wet and cold, and she was sick trying to fight throwing up every five minutes. But I did catch a red snapper that was huge and one of the coolest experiences fishing that I've had. If somebody reminds me, I have a picture of it. I'll post that in the Discord on Thursday once this episode comes out. It's a really good picture. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that. so I'll share that in there so you can see like the time I actually went ocean fishing. Uh, one other fishing story that's not really super about fishing that sticks out to me is like when we were kids, we'd always go to this little place in town that a bunch of my dad's friends lived for Fourth of July. Uh, oh yeah, and remember they take us fishing there all the time, and we just like end up riding in the back of people's truck, going from spot to spot. And I always have loved Dr Pepper, and I always have. Oh my goodness. So I remember I was riding in the back of this truck, I had my Dr. Pepper sitting on the tailgate. Um, I just remember reaching over, grabbing a Dr. Pepper, taking a big old no. swig. You can bet that wasn't Dr. Pepper in there. You got a guess, Dalton? Uh, does it have anything to do with this can that I'm holding in my hand right now? It sure does. Oh. I took an enormous swig of dip spit. Oh, brother, I have been <laughs> there. Oh, man. And it was just this little kid just wanting his Dr. Pepper take this big old swing. And it's just the nastiest thing ever. That's why I could never have tried dipping because it was just oh, so man. bad. Willie, you look like you're about to die thinking about it. I'm turning I mean, green thinking about it. When it happened to yeah. me, at least it was my own. But I was in the work truck and I had a Gatorade. And I had a Gatorade <laughs> bottle that I was spitting into. And I grabbed the Gatorade. And luckily, the window was down in the truck because I took a big swig. And as soon as I... <laughs> 
felt it go into my mouth. I just lowered it and just spit it out the window. And Wes goes, oh, dog. Oh, dog, wrong bottle. Wrong bottle. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm trying not to throw up and stuff. Oh, man. I think that's the experience of a kid in the South has done that at least yeah. one time. I tell you, uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about two, it. Two quick stories. One's about fishing and one's just a funny story. I'll do the funny story first. Uh, me and my buddy Dustin changed the bong water one time in my room. But I was being lazy, so I poured it into a glass that was sitting by my oh, by no. my PlayStation and I set it down. We we went out, did some fucking bong rips with fresh water and everything, came back in super stoned. I'm like, God, I'm thirsty. Glass of water, grabbed it, chugged the entire fucking thing, and finished oh, that. No. And I just got this look on my face. Dustin goes, ooh, that was the bong water, wasn't it? And I was like, Whoa, and I ran to the bathroom and threw it up. It was, like, it was rough, man. Um, the fishing story was my buddy Josh hits me up. And he's like, hey, man, me and my uncle are going down to Coco. Um, we're going to go shark fishing. You want to come? Of course I want to come. So we drove down there, and we stayed like his uncle had like this camper thing. So we stayed in the camper and I remember a few things from this trip. Um, one, I did catch a shark. It was a baby shark and I couldn't keep, catch it or I couldn't keep it. Yeah. Well, they, they said it was, it was only like, there's a certain length that they have to be for you to be able to keep them. And, uh, it was like right under that, but still it was the biggest fight I've ever had for reeling anything. And I thought it was going to snap the rod in half. Like wow. I cannot, and when I pulled it in, I'm like, that that little thing gave me all of that fucking trouble. But, dude, they're <laughs> fucking strong. Like, real strong. It was the, he, the dude was like, a full-grown shark could whip you with its tail, and it would break your leg. Like, if it did it strong <laughs> enough. Like I'm like, oh, word. <laughs> I didn't realize that they were that, quite that strong. Um, but a couple other things from that trip I remember is that we went fishing down, like, up here on a beach but near all these like woods and stuff. I don't, you know, like some beaches have woods and trees and brush and stuff near them. Uh, and I was wearing shorts and we got out there and I looked down and my legs were black. And I was like, that's weird. Then my legs started to itch really bad. And I realized that my legs were black because they were covered in mosquitoes. Oh, like shit. covered. So, Yikes. uh, me and Josh both were getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. And we finally told his uncle, Yo, fuck this, we're going to go sit in the van. And his uncle finally gave up, and we, we left. But he was, like, upset, and we were like, dude, look at our legs, right? Look at our arms and legs right now. We were covered in bites. It sucked. Uh, Yikes. And then my only... Dude, oh, go ahead. Mosquitoes make me think about being a kid. Because remember one time, I was a little kid. I got bit by a mosquito right here. I'm allergic to mosquito bites, by the Ooh. way. So... My whole eye turned black. Like, I had an enormous black eye. It looked like I'd gotten into a fight or my parents hit me or something. But it was just a giant black eye I got from a mosquito bite. Oh, fucking I hate mosquitoes. I feel like they're attracted to, to me because me and my mom will be out back with Daisy. Play, I'll be playing with Daisy in the backyard. I get eaten the fuck up. She doesn't get one bite. It's because you're so sweet. It's what everybody tells me. I <laughs> guess. I don't know. I don't think I'm that sweet, but whatever. Um... Two other quick things I remember about that trip is that the the camper was really small. Josh is a very large dude, just like me. Um, I tried to take a shit in that bathroom, and my knees were in my chest because camper bathrooms are really small. Josh is a very large man. He had to leave the door open, so I would go I would oh, go outside cool. when he was taking a shit because <laughs> I didn't want to be perforated in poo. Um, and then we went to a taco place that 
I ordered some tacos and I was like putting some hot sauce on there. So I put a little ghost pepper sauce, put a little uh, chipotle sauce for some flavor. And then they had this sauce called the Jaws of Fire. <laughs> the Jaws of Fire. And I opened that up, didn't look at the bottle, went to go pour it on there and just doused my tacos in it because the limiter had been taken off. So I was like, oh, man. Oh, well, I like hot stuff. Josh tells me that it was like watching man versus food because I started eating it and he said my face kind of started turning a little white. Then it got really red and I started sweating. And uh, the guys working there actually noticed and came over and asked me what they put on there because they were going to be importing some chilies and stuff that were super hot and they wanted to make a, uh, a heat contest for the restaurant. So they were asking me what sauces I use because it looked like I was having a rough time. <laughs> and, and later on wow. that night in that... RV area public bathroom. Yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> not fun at all. The burn that burns twice. But it was a good trip, though. Like, I enjoyed it. I would go shark fishing again. I have a picture of me like holding one of the sharks that uh, Josh's uncle caught that was big enough. So if I remember, I'll post the picture. I had short hair back then, too. It's going to be weird. I had no hair and a hat on. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any pictures of me with fish. Sorry. We should Photoshop just you just like standing next to like this giant fucking fish. It's like, <laughs> oh man. Uh, gentlemen. Just take a picture of you with a fish sandwich from McDonald's. <laughs> I was going to suggest some sushi maybe, but that'll work as well. <laughs> fresh caught and rolled. <laughs> Ignore the yeah. Kroger logo. <laughs> oh man. Uh, boys, up next. We got uh, Battle Chef Brigade. Speaking of sushi, nice. might be able to make some in that. I don't know. It'll be yeah. interesting. And that's your pick for just the one that you want to play, right, yes, Dalton? This, this is my perfect. My uh, my choice. And then next up, next time we do a choice, it'll be Willie's, and then it'll revert back to you. So you know, just start pondering. Start pondering. I'll use mine up next month because I want to do something for October. Nice. Wicked. Wicked. Yeah. Oh. Something wicked this way comes. I was thinking about for October, I'm going to rig one of the, uh, and I say rig, quote unquote, but I'm going to rig one of the poles to be all horror games. Nice. But okay, So cool. if, if, you're, if your idea has something to do with that, we'll discuss that off so it, it doesn't fuck with each other. Sure, sure. Yeah. You don't want to cross the streams. Yeah, you don't want to cross streams. I mean, unless you want to. <laughs> Total protonic reversal, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you guys like to touch on? No, I mean, I'm good. Just you, baby. <laughs> well, in that case, let's get off of here. <laughs> we're, we're gonna. We're, we probably need to do our. Yeah, we're, we're gonna move over to right? the OnlyFans after this. <laughs> so, OnlyFans doesn't allow the good stuff anymore. You got to move to Fansly. Oh, that's right. Actually, OnlyFans went back on that after that after the true. backlash. That is true, but I mean, people are spooked. People got spooked though. People I don't already blame left them. I mean, so. you know, it's it's like if Discord one day was like, no more chatting. <laughs> <laughs> This what? is spreadsheets yeah, now. And then they were just like, no, sorry, sorry, you can still chat. It's like, nah, man, sorry, we already all moved back to WhatsApp. You done fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> WhatsApp's like, thank you. <laughs> anyway, if you would like to join the Discord where you can come and vote on, like, the show polls, you want to come chat with us, uh, come join us for some fishing or any other type of game we're playing, or you just want to come in and just talk to us. We're building quite the... Uh, Quite the little crew in there, man. It seems like we have a very international crew going on in the Discord, and I love, I love it. Um, in fact, while yeah. I'm thinking about it, shout out to Kampa, new new member of the the Discord from Japan. So that was cool to have somebody I can talk to about JRPGs who is like at the source. 
<laughs> yeah, we got people on at least three continents now. That's awesome. And I assume we have to have someone in Europe uh, too. Yeah, right? I think Mike listens, and Mike uh, lives over in England. So. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Four continents. Hell yeah. Um, but you can do that by going to bit.ly/tsmpdiscord, and that is all caps. T. All caps. All caps. All day. TSMP Discord. Um, All caps, no yeah. cap. I messed up the last link and it expired and had to make a new one. So, <laughs> as Dalton said, bit.ly slash TMSP Discord. TSMP. Sorry. Ah, see, you say, yo, you might fuck it up. Uh huh. <laughs> we are a professional podcast for serious yeah, gamers we are. only. And, uh,. Also, if you want to check the website out, instead of having to type out all of that nonsense, you could do bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast, and boom, it will take you to our website where you could find links to a bunch of different stuff, like uh, our social medias, um, our merch store. If you want to get yourself a nice little Steam Machine, Steam Machine Podcast shirt, um, it'll also take you, you can, there's a link to the Patreon, and I would like to say that if you just donate $1, if it's $1 a month... You get access to the Patreon version of the show, which comes out early and has usually has us bullshitting a little bit before we start the episode itself. Um, but any 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 little bit helps. Uh, I, I do appreciate everybody uh, who has joined the Patreon thus far. Uh, and I think there's a link on there for uh, a certain Turtle Bear Man on Twitch, but I think I'm going to let Nate talk about that one. So go ahead, good sir. Yeah, like I said earlier in the episode, I've been playing Sonic games for the month of September. I need to get back on my grind for Predator. For the NES, trying to get that record a little bit better. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash turtlebearman. Same username on Twitter as well to keep updated on when I'm going to go live. And usually I'll retweet the Steam Machine tweets too. It's just so it's another place you can catch them. Yeah. And Willie? No, nah, no more fish facts? Good. Oh, wait, I do have one more fish fact, which was a pronunciation related. Heck yeah, fish facts. Okay, a lot of the time when you see the fish names written out for the first time, they're like, six letter words and stuff and you figure there must be a trick because like we just had the whole thing with crappy versus crappie they all seem like trick names there's one that's spelled b-u-r-b-o-t and you look at that you go oh i'm gonna get fancy that's french that's a burbo not idiot it's just a burbot it's just a (laughs) burbot don't get too fancy for yourself my dude they're not they're not catfish which no, they're actually their own family of fish. Yeah, or it was very like strange. Were they like most closely related to the carp, like the only freshwater type one? It was, yeah, it was the Not only carp, freshwater cod. cod. Yeah, it was the only freshwater. But it sure cod. does look like a fucking catfish. It does. It really does. <laughs> but you know what that just means? I mean, we were surprised to learn that swordfish and marlins aren't closely related. So you know, that just means we got catfished by a burbot. Oh, <laughs> got him! That bad joke. <laughs> they are the brothers of destruction. I am Bye-bye. Dalton. Thank you for listening this week. Next week will be Battle Chef Brigade. The weekend, the weekend. What the fuck? The week after that, we will be diving <laughs> into Legend of Heroes: Trails, Trails in the Sky. I look forward to it. Uh, we love you all. Thank you for listening. And as always, guys, take it easy. And here at the end, I wanted to pop in and just say I really enjoyed this doing this episode. It was fucking fantastic, man, and I hope you all really enjoyed it as well. But in in honor of doing this episode that I enjoyed doing so much, I'm going to give you guys another new song off the new album. Please enjoy A Bloodline Masquerade.